as we return back to our Sign of the Times sermon series that, that Pastor Sam did such a brilliant job of kicking off for us last weekend. And, uh, and I, hope, I hope you remember what, what we're doing. Um, around here, we believe that, that God's wisdom, we believe that, that God's inspiration can come from, well, it can come from, from almost anywhere. And so we're going to take these next couple of weeks and we're going to spend them looking at some of the, the, the humor, some of the insightful signs that, that are out at that, that uh, 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 El Arroyo restaurant down in, in uh, outside of Austin. It is a world famous sign. They have postcards and everything. Um, we're going to be taking that as kind of our, our, our stepping off point. We're going to use it as our springboard to really start exploring some of the some of the deeper, some of the more practical sides of, of us living our lives of faith. And this morning, the, the sign that we're going to be taking a look at, um, I, I truly believe, I bet that most of us are going to be able to relate to the sign. Okay, so, so here it is. <laughs> this too shall pass, it says. It may pass like a kidney stone, but it will pass. Um, Amen and hallelujah. Um, I'll be honest with you, I've, I've actually never had a kidney stone. I have visited with those who have. I have prayed mightily uh, with those who have had, gone to the hospital to, to visit folks. I, I, that is not a part of my story, nor do I want it to be a part of my story. Um, but even from the outside, I think I get the gist of what they're trying to say. I think really what they're trying to say is that that at some point in all of our lives, maybe for some of us that point is, is even right now, they're saying that, that at some point in all of our lives, we will face struggles, we'll, we'll face situations that just seem impossible. The thing what they're trying to say is that each of us, maybe even right now, we will come into a season when we will face, when we will face mountains that just don't seem to wanna budge. And in those moments, what we got to do, especially we, we, we men and women of faith, what we got to do is we got we to cling, we got to cling tight to the Bible's promise, to the biblical truth that this too shall pass. But there's, there's just one little problem with that. Those words aren't actually in the Bible, um, which I know might come to, to a shock to some of us. That sounds like something that would be in the Bible. It sounds really good, but I promise you, in fact, test me out cover to cover. If you read through this, in fact, please test me out. Please, I beg you, read this book cover to cover and see if I'm lying. You will not see those words. You will not find that phrase, this too shall pass. You won't find it anywhere in between these two covers. Um, Actually, the, the phrase, this too shall pass, it actually comes from an old Jewish legend. It comes from a time when it, it said that, that King Solomon asked one of his officials, there's a, a time, a legend that said King Solomon asked a guy named Benaiah to go out and, and, and to find for him a ring, to find for him a particular ring, a special ring, a magical ring. King Solomon, the story goes, sends Maniah to, to go and to find this magical ring that has the power, it has the, the inordinate power to make the happy man sad and the sad man happy. Now, King Solomon knew that a ring like that, King Solomon, according to the legend, King Solomon knew that no such ring existed, but, 
but he wanted to give Benaiah just a little taste, just a little taste of humility. humility. And so as the story goes, Benaiah searched high and he searched low through, through spring and summer. And on the night before he was due back to go back into to King Solomon's presence, he wound his way back. He arrived back in Jerusalem. And it was the dead of night. And he found himself wandering through the, the poorest quarter of the ancient city. And, and as he wandered through us, he stumbled through. He met an old man. He met an old merchant who were setting out his wares for the next day. And just out of desperation, Benaiah begged him, sir, sir, have you ever heard of this ring? Have you ever heard of this ring that has magic powers, powers that can make the, the happy man forget his joy and that at the same time has the, the magic power to make the heartbroken man forget his sorrow? And as soon as Benai had stopped asking his question, he watched as, as the old man picked up a, a gold ring from the table there in front of him and he went to work, he went to work etching, he went to work inscribing three words, three Hebrew words on that ring. And when his work was done, the man gave the ring back to Benaiah. And when Benaiah read those three words, the story says that a smile grew upon his face. And sure enough, the next morning, he appeared before King Solomon and, and all the royal court. And Solomon asked, he said, my friend, have you been able to discover the thing for which I sent you to find? And, and all the court laughed. All the servants knew, they all knew that he had failed. The, the legend says that even, even Solomon allowed a, a little smile to crease upon his face. So they were all shocked. They were shocked when Benaiah reached deep into his bag and produced the gold ring. Yes, yes, my Lord, he said, I found it. And, and here it is. According to the legend, King Solomon took the ring and he looked at it. And as soon as he read those, those three words, as soon as he saw those three Hebrew words, gam, ze, yavor, the legend says that, that his smile quickly faded. This too shall pass. For in that moment, the legend says that Solomon realized that all of his wisdom, he realized all of his, all of his wealth, all of his vast strength, his power, he realized it was all but, but fleeting. It was all passing. The legend says it was in that moment that, that Solomon came to the awareness that they, just like he, that they would soon be nothing but dust. This too shall pass. It's a, a truth that makes the happy sad and the sad happy. And even though technically those words aren't specifically in the Bible, that promise, that promise certainly is. Sorrow may last for the night, the psalmist says, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning, so, so how? How do we make it to sun up? That's what we're going to see in our, in our scripture for this morning. So if you've got your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them up. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. We're going to be in the book of 2 Corinthians this morning. So open up your Bibles if you have them, or, or maybe you have a Bible app on a cell phone or a tablet with you this morning. Go ahead and turn it on. Again, we're going to be in the book of, of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 this morning. 
looking at verses 16 through 18. So 2 Corinthians 4, starting with verse 16. Friends, hear the word of the Lord. The Apostle Paul writes, So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. What the Apostle Paul was saying is that our bodily strength will fade. He was saying our bodies will fail. It's, it's, it's just a fact of life. No matter how much we try to fight it, our bodily strength will fail. Well, because we're just, we're just jars of clay. That's what he calls us just a few verses before these. He says we're just, we're just jars of clay, and yet it's into those jars of clay, these earthen vessels that are so, so prone to breaking. They're so prone to to getting lost, so prone to wandering, so fragile, so mortal. It's into these jars of clay that God has chosen to pour a treasure, his treasure, priceless, precious, and eternal. Because for as much as our, our earthly bodies are wasting away, what the apostle Paul says is that our souls, our souls are constantly being renewed, that our souls are always supposed to be growing. In fact, what he submits, what he tells us is that the very things, the very sufferings, the very stumbles, the very struggles, the very things that that, that weaken us physically, those are the very same things that strengthen us spiritually. And so we don't lose heart. We don't stop. We don't quit. We, We don't give up. Instead, we turn our eyes and we look beyond. Instead, we we look beyond the the squall to see the calm on the other side. We we look beyond the storm to see the peace on the other side. We don't stop. We don't quit. In fact, we lean in. We lean in and we hope. In those moments, we lean in and we trust. We lean in and, and we learn. We lean in and we learn that, that God has not abandoned us in our waiting. Even though that's what, that's what it feels like a lot of the times, doesn't it? It feels like God has abandoned us. It's okay, it's okay to admit that the psalmist surely does. Sometimes we wake up and it feels like, it feels like God, is, God is a million miles away, just, just when we need him most. It's, it's just like the, the true story of the young reporter who a couple of years ago, she was sent to, to Israel. She was sent by her newspaper to cover the, the growing tension she was growing. She was, she was sent to, to cover the conflict between the Palestinians and, and the Jews. But her editors had asked her that her editors had charged her with finding a good human interest story. Go and tell us the, 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 the people's stories, they said. And so when she got there, she spent the first few days walking around, getting to know the lay of the land, talking to people. And time and time again, she heard the story about the same man. She heard the story of this one man who day after day, twice a day, went to the Western Wall. 
Time and time again, she heard the story about the same man who day after day, twice a day, went to the wailing wall to pray. Who went to pray every single day. And so she went to the wall herself. She wanted to find this man. She wanted to hear his story. She wanted to tell his story. So she went to the wall and, and sure enough, she found him. And when his prayers were done, she asked him to, to share with her a coffee. And as they sat, she, she asked, she said, how long, sir, how long have you been coming to this wall to pray? And he said, for nearly 50 years. What may I ask? She said, what? And for what do you pray? And he said, for peace, simply for peace. I, I pray that peace would come to, to the Arabs and to the Jews. She said, how does it feel? So after praying these 50 years, how, how do you feel? And she wrote that he thought about it for a while. And then with a, a growing smile on his face, he said, sometimes, you know, sometimes it feels just like I'm talking to a wall. <laughs> and I think, I think we know what he means. Uh, I think we know how, how he feels. Because so many of us, even right now, so many of us are, we're schlepping around all of this weight. We're schlepping around all of these burdens. And somewhere through the course of our lives, we've gotten in our head that we're supposed to know what to do about it all. And so we try. And we work and we do and, and we pray and we do and we try and we do all that we know to do. But there are just mornings when, let's be honest, there are mornings when we just don't want to get out of bed. And all that all that saying is like, oh, well, God won't give you any more than you can handle. All that trite platitudes like that, dude, they just make us want to pull the covers over our heads. And maybe, maybe because those words aren't found in the Bible either. In fact, in fact my experience has been that, that quite the opposite is actually true. My experience is that, that God almost specializes in giving us more than we can handle. Because sometimes, sometimes that's the only way he can get through. Sometimes that's, the, that's the, the only way that he can get our attention. It's the only way that he can get us to teach us to rely on him. It's to bring us to the end of ourselves so that we might be able to trust in him. Oh, yes, oh, church. God most certainly gives us more than we can handle. What the Bible says is that God won't give us more than we can endure. And there's a big old difference there. Because this isn't about us handling anything. This isn't about us doing anything. I mean, God already knows that we can do. We've already proven to God that we can do. But have we proven to God yet that we, that we can wait? Have we proven to God yet that, that we can endure? That we can trust? That we will trust, that we'll trust not in what our eyes can see, but what does Paul say? That we will trust in the things unseen, the eternal things unseen, that we will trust in God's goodness and his compassion, his righteousness and love. Have we proven yet that we will trust in, in God's power and his presence and his provision in God's peace? But uh, a lot of us saw 
this past week that SpaceX, SpaceX just sent up uh, their, their, their latest rocket, right? It was the biggest rocket ever to have been launched in the history of, of mankind. Um, and as soon, as soon as that thing cleared the, cleared the tower, it experienced what they called a, a rapid, unscheduled disassembly, <laughs> which is just fancy engineering talk for it blew up. Uh, um, but but they're, calling it a, they're calling it a successful failure. It's a successful failure. They learned from it what they needed to learn. They, uh, they, they kept from it what they needed to keep, not the rocket, but the launcher. It was a successful failure. And it got me to thinking, it got me to thinking how that applies to our lives. It got me to thinking how, how that applies to, how it applies to our souls. Because inevitably, inevitably, something's gonna blow up. Inevitably, plans, promises, they're gonna get broken. Hearts, hopes, they're gonna get broken. Inevitably, crying's gonna come. Crying will last through the night. Weeping will last through the night. And a lot of times it's gonna last a lot longer. So how do we hang on till morning? How do we make it to sun up? Two things, two things I, I want us to, to consider this morning. As we think about triaging our wounded souls, two things I want to share from my own, my own morning prayers that, that I hope maybe you'll consider adding to, to your morning prayers. Um, two things. And the first is this. Um, every morning, I have to ask God for thick skin, for thicker skin. Really, there was a time in my life, I, and I think this is true, there was a time in my life, a couple years ago, there was a time in my life when I think my skin used to be thicker. There was a time whenever I would just roll with things. I rolled with things a whole lot more easily. And there was a time when I didn't take things, I didn't internalize things so quickly. There was a time when, when people's words, when their comments, when their opinions really didn't, when they really didn't wound. I really believe that there was a time in my life when my skin was thicker, or, or, or maybe, it, maybe it was just the obliviousness of youth or pride, whatever. There was a time when words didn't really hurt, but those days are long gone. It's not like that. I'm not like that anymore. These days I, I get wounded. I, I get wounded, in fact, pretty easily, maybe, maybe even too easily. I think I'm become an overachiever at eternal, internalizing things and making everything about me. And so every morning, I, I have to pray, God, toughen me up. God, toughen me up uh, a little bit. Every morning I have to pray, like, like, God, give me something like the faith of the apostles. Give me that faith of the apostles that counted it all joy to, to suffer for the sake of the name of Jesus. God, toughen me up. Give me, the, give me something like the faith of the apostles that, that counted all things as lost when compared to knowing and following the way of Christ. Lord, give me the, give me the faith of the apostles that knew the difference, that, that knew that, that, that was wise enough to discern the, the, the passing nature of the things that were temporary and the glorious nature of the things that, that are eternal, the things that really matter. Every morning I have to pray, God, toughen me up. Give me a thicker skin. God, change the, way, change the way I feel. Lord, change the way I see. In fact, a lot of y'all will, will probably 
remember this story. I think it's actually one of Pastor John's favorite to tell. I haven't heard you tell it in like eight years, so it's free reign. Um, um, uh, but back during the 1940s, back whenever the Germans started bombing the, the, the great city of, uh, of London, England, um, most amazing thing happened. I mean, there they were, the Germans were bombing, the blitz was happening, and, and whole swaths of that great city were just being destroyed. Houses and schools and businesses and churches, they were just laying in, in, in ruins. But the most amazing, the most miraculous things started to happen. Just several weeks after the blitz began, flowers began to appear. Flowers began to emerge from, from the rubble and from the ruin. Beautiful flowers some of which hadn't been seen in London for over 200 years. And there was a perfectly reasonable explanation for this new miraculous growth. You see, whenever those buildings were being built 200 years ago, seeds had gotten stuck. Little seeds had gotten stuck in the mortar and in the crevices and in the brick and in the wood and the little cracks in the construction. Whenever the buildings were destroyed, the, the seeds were released and they fell to the ground. And they sunk in the soil where they they began to grow. There was a perfectly reasonable explanation. But you couldn't for the life of you convince a Londoner of that perfectly reasonable explanation. They were convinced of another explanation. They chose to see those flowers. That was proof. They chose to see those flowers, those miraculous flowers as God's sign that God was with them, even in the ugliness of war, that God was right there with them. That God was with them every step of the way, his power, his presence, his love, that that was going to see them through, that they would be victorious. You can't convince them otherwise. You see, they, they chose to see their problems differently. And it led them to the place where they felt about their problems differently. It emboldened them. Friends, we, we got to toughen up because life is hard. And the life of faith is even harder. I mean, it's like, it's like the Israelites. When the Israelites were taken out of Egypt, there they were just wandering around through the wilderness. And how many of them wanted to stop? How many of them wanted to turn around and, and go back? Even after God had given them manna, all they, did, all they did was just complain. But the only way that we'll make it to the joy of mourning, the only way we'll make it to the promised land is to continue our course. It's to step one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. Maybe somewhere along the way, picking up some, some new, some creative manas from new manna recipes along the way. Because if we're waiting, we might as well get creative with it. One foot in front of the other. Every morning I ask God, Lord, give me, give me a thicker skin. And God, give me a tender heart. Because there's, there's a balance there. We got to balance it out. We, we got to be tough enough to endure, but we got to be tender enough to feel. I mean, to really feel, to really feel what we're really feeling. Not, not to deny it, not to, to escape it, not to assess it, but to really feel, to get really honest about, about what's going on. Because that's the only way that we make it to the other side of the storms. We can't go around them. The only way to the other side, the only way is through, through the storm. Letting it, letting it teach us, letting it train us, letting it transform us. 
And I know it's going to sound crazy, but one of, the, one of the most important things we can do, one of the most critical things that we can do while we are in that season of waiting, while we are crying at midnight, one of the most important things, one of the most powerful things that we can do is worship. It's praise. It's, it's to give God thanks. It's like, it's like in that time when we least want to do it, that's when we most need to do it. See, because it's, it's active waiting. It's not passive. It's active waiting. It's us, it's us remembering that sometimes, it's us remembering that some days, us not taking a step backwards, that, that's actually us taking a step forwards. It's us remembering that sometimes, it's us remembering that, that some days, us just standing our ground. Us, uh, us not stopping, us not quitting, us not turning around, us not going back to Egypt. Some days, some days that and that alone, some days that's a win. And we got to celebrate it. We, we got to thank God for it. We got to remember, we got to remember the power of praise. In fact, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite stories. It's one of my favorite scenes in all the Old Testament. Um, Israel was going to battle. Israel was going to, to war against a nation that was far greater, that was far more powerful than they. And God gave them their strategy. God gave them their, their battle plan. They went up against this ferocious enemy. And God says, first, you send out the priests. God said, yeah, you send out the worship leaders. God said, send out the musicians and send out the choir. Send out the choir and you let them lead in song. You let them lead in praise. You let that be your weapon. And sure enough, as soon as those priests crested over the hill, there lay their enemy, already defeated. Defeated in the valley of Barakah. Defeated in the valley of praise. Because God had already won the victory. God had already won the battle. Friends, the empty tomb tells us that God has already won the battle. And so we're fighting from victory and not for it. And that changes things. Now, it, it, may, not, it may not change our circumstances. It may not change our situation. But it will certainly change us. It can certainly change us. The way we see our situation, the way we respond to our situation giving God thanks and praise, praising God for what he's done, praising God for, for who he is and who he tells us that we can become too. Thick-skinned and tender-hearted, filled with joy and overcoming with praise. Because friends, this too shall pass. As we pray. Lord God, um, this morning so many of us come to this place, we come into this time and Lord, we just feel empty. We feel alone and we feel scared. We feel all these emotions that Lord, we don't even sometimes know what to name them. And all we know to do is hide. But we pray Lord for the wisdom, for the boldness to get really real, Lord. If not with ourselves, then God with you. Because some of us, we do, Lord, we feel abandoned. And as much as our head tells us that's, that's not true, God, our hearts, our souls, 
our souls feel differently. And Lord, I pray right now for, for the person, for the family that's going through that right now, that you in, in your own undeniable, powerful sort of way, Lord, that you would wrap your loving arms around them. That in a way that they would know that they have been, that they have been embraced, that they have experienced you this day, that you would work a work in their lives. God, that you would embolden them. God, that you would embolden us. God, toughen us up and tender us down. Lord, we want to follow. We want to be obedient. Lord, we want to be the signs of the times that people see, that people see you in. So God, come to us and, and take us and renew us and encourage us. Lord, love us. Lord, because we offer you our lives just as we offer you this prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.